All right, we're recording, Crystal. All right, hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, you know, just enjoying kind of this holiday season here. So, uh, you, you know, it's uh, it's good to be back though in SF. I, I spent the holiday season down with family, and uh, down in Southern California where I'm from. And uh, you know, I hear you're you, you've been traveling a bit. Yes, uh, I think the holidays are a great time to travel, not only see family, because I'm from the Bay Area, I actually just upped and left my family, uh, and they left us too, my uh-huh. mom and sister are in Taiwan, so it's more of like a, hey, you don't have to go to work, so what adventure are we going to go on, and um, I guess that's a perk given to those who live close to their families year-round, so I'm in Florida as we speak, um, nice. it's nice and floridian down here um <laughs> what that means is you know it's just it's a different vibe there's an island kind of um feel where things just slow down a little bit and it's it's nice it's, it's, it's no socal but it's nice oh things slow down a lot like i'm from like suburbia in socal so i feel like it slows down a lot it's being with you know well asian parents and uh you know just Hey, what are we doing today? Let's go to a restaurant and eat Vietnamese food. And there's no hurry. And I'm kind of jealous of that lifestyle. Well, also, my, both my parents are retired. So <laughs> I'm definitely I really... wonder what they think about the holidays. It's like, oh, great, it's Christmas. So I guess there's a Christmas tree and there's more traffic on the road. But yeah. like, retired people probably just feel this all year round. Right. But I think for them, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, kids are back. <laughs> yes, people so, to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Things to catch up Rather on. than just like them arguing amongst themselves. Uh, my two parents. That's where arguing like an old married couple comes from. You don't argue, something's wrong. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, so I was down there and then back here. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of nice to get back into my routine. I think that's like the thing that excites me the most. Um, it's just so nice to have that routine back because i was home it was so slow but like hanging out with my parents and then you know they would ask me to do a laundry list of uh chores i don't know if you get that because you live so close to them um but they usually wait till i come home and they're like you know david great davy's back david has muscles that's right i'm so excited and here's a huge list of things for you to do so, like, I cut down our guava tree. Not all oh, of it, no. but, like, I trimmed it, right? I had to trim okay. the guava tree. Okay. Um, and, I, yeah, and I, I didn't kill a guava. Like, actually, say. Few, a few guavas were hurt in this process. I do have to. <gasps> I do have, How dare you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they fell aggressively to the ground. Um, but uh, <laughs> all I, like, I had to trim the guava tree. And I was like, this is so different than life in San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, you're really moving into the time in your life where you're starting to really take care of your parents and have to yeah. start doing the heavy lifting, literally, literally yeah. um, and move into sort of a caretaking position because, I mean, it inevitably, if we're lucky, is, is what we're going to have to do, That's um, right. you know, in a couple of decades. So you yeah. got a taste of that early. Yeah, I know. <laughs> through, through the guava tree. Um, but yeah, so I was, uh, you know, just hanging out with them and and uh spend some time with a sister and yeah that's pretty much that was my holiday but just being back up in sf there's something nice about you know getting back into the routine getting back into you know working out and you know not just eating every day 
Um, well, you are, I hope you are still eating every day. I'm still eating every day. Yeah, that's right. I didn't stop eating every day, but it's like <laughs> I, I, I ate really, like, I guess, diet not friendly food. Is that how I would describe mm-hmm. it? Uh, but Splurged. it's not my normal. Yeah, exactly. It's not my normal stuff. Uh, oh, and just going to bakeries, like, holiday, holiday food is so tasty. Oh, I know. Especially because <laughs> you kind of live in a perpetual state of fasting, too. Like, you are a kind of double down on the proteins, no carbs kind of guy. That's right. Lots of vegetables. That's right. Um, which is great as a baseline. I try to adhere to that as well. But I know during the holidays, it's the sticky buns, man. Monkey bread, anything with cinnamon, sugar, and butter, just it's like screaming my name. Yeah. I can't resist it. Like loudly screaming. Yeah. Yes. Crystal, eat me. Eat me while I'm hot. <laughs> it's before noontime. You can have a double portion of me. It's okay. You know, I, in my head, I have all these strange rationalizations. And none of them are, are, you know, none of them can be heard by anyone else. It's just all oh, in my head. Oh, don't worry. I, it's all in my head, and then my stomach growls as, like, a confirmation. Like, I second that motion. <laughs> <laughs> and i just like, oh, God, I'm losing this battle. There's just yeah, no way. But the one thing I have learned eating healthy and being able to, you know, splurge intentionally is I know the, the worth of every calorie. So yep. I, I've so junk food is so not worth it anymore i don't i don't want to waste the calories right but if you however on the other hand if it's something like a warm homemade cinnabon like thing i'm like oh yeah give it all to me i don't care if it's a thousand calories every single one of them is worth it because i have deprived myself of every seized candy and jolly rancher and red vine (laughs) during the the year yeah exactly yes throughout the rest of the year to be able to to be able to own and you know, uh, I guess really enjoy every one of these these calories <laughs> during the holidays. So, so I have a funny mental model for this. I was uh, I usually think about like you know a pastry or whatever as how many burpees <laughs> does this cost? Oh man! Right. So it's like so. What what about a chocolate chip cookie? That's the size of like your. I, I would know, say like fifty five burpees. Fifty five burpees. Okay, that's, so that's what awful. about fifty five burpees is awful. That's like my unit of measurement. So when I do a burpee set, I do uh, Do you do the full push up or you, yeah, you just with a full lower push- yourself to the ground? No, full push up. So it's oh. like yeah. So it's a, uh, it's I do ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So that's fifty five. For a cookie? For a cookie. I was thinking like five burpees for a cookie. See, when, when, when you up it so high, you're like, this cookie is not worth it. Like, it is dry. <laughs> you convince oh, yourself man. You convince yourself all the weird things about that cookie because to do, like, that whole set is aggressive, right? Um, and and that's, just, I, that's just how I think about it because then you're way more disciplined. But, like, you know, like a homemade chocolate cake, I'm like, this is totally worth, like, you know – 200 burpees it's like totally oh my gosh it. that's such a high high uh barrier in, in my opinion like i i obviously love, well, i don't do I 200 like back to back but it's like i pretty much have to punish myself like the next day right oh, i don't know if that's healthy though why not just uh you know eat it and then do a a daily workout because you're a spin instructor like i think you've earned the right to not have to think about no, I do, but, but I still want to, like, work out, right? So it's just, like, 
you just up the intensity of the normal workout where you add on those punishment burpees, those if you will. Burpees. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. Um, That's like I wonder the way if I there's a more positive way to think about it. Because <laughs> I would just hate for you to, you know, walk through life punishing yourself because you ate sugar. <laughs> right. Like that's actually, you know, uh, you know, that's something I'm worried about you, you know, Davey. I want you to not have to have that hanging over your head because you already have other things to worry about in yeah. life, like SF parking tickets, you know, my underwear is, you know, wearing itself out slowly over time. There's so many other tragedies that are happening in your life. Yeah, it's okay. If it's, if it's just the burpees one, I'll, I'm... I'll be fine, right? Like it's like okay. a, definitely a first world problem, right? Like oh my god, yeah. I have to eat. And whatever works for you, you, you if that works for you, and you need to, you know, punish yourself to get you to do it. Then well, it's I, like I, I reward myself you know by eating the the like the treat, but it's like each like action has like an equal and opposite reaction, kind of like you know the engineer in me is like screaming out, right? Like, yeah, that there's yeah. like consequences for your actions, and uh, yeah, it's just like. I know there's days when I'm like, I know exactly what the hell I'm doing. Like, shut up. <laughs> so do you think that, you know, when you hit, say when we retire, right, when we hit our 50s, 60s and 70s, are we still going to, are we just going to reach a point where we kind of give up and just enjoy whatever we want without repercussion? Or do you think you, you want to like, stay food, fit on a food? Side? Yeah, f- food wise. Yeah. In terms of just trying to maintain that balance of enjoyment and, um, you know, luxury palette wise and um, so i guess indulgence and and staying physically fit so i think a few years ago i was like in the most uh like in shape i've ever been in my life i think um then i regressed and then now i'm actually working back towards it mm-hmm. um and that was like in my late 20s early 30s and i just think it feels so much better i i, I don't think that there's a better drug if you will than being fit does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Right? And like, the day-to-day endorphins you get from your daily endorphins. workout. Exactly. Like, I get so, like, my energy level's high after I work out. Um, I, I feel great. Um, you know, I don't want to slowly retire and then, like, buy bigger and bigger clothing. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. That's something that I feel is going to happen to me. But... I just have to come to terms with the fact that I probably, if I'm lucky, will have children at some point, and I'm just gonna have to, like, you know, is it, am I gonna breastfeed this morning, or am I gonna go out and run laps? Like, <laughs> uh, right. so I, in a way, I almost want to pre-temper, you know, my expectations for like my, you know, my late twenties, early thirties lifestyle, because right. I would hate to build myself up to a place only to never reach that ever again. But I think that the moment you feel a certain way, or you are fit in a certain way. Mm-hmm. it just feels so good to be at that level, right? Yeah, I can't um, argue with that. That's and, true. And, and I think that, I don't know, I, I don't think of it, yes, I think about it like punishment for the food that I eat, right? But at the same time, it's more like I actually enjoy feeling fit or being fit and, you know, doing, um, I guess being able to do other activities rather than, feeling sluggish does that make sense yeah like the nothing tastes as good as strong feels that's right that's right that's right and there's something to be said about you know like i don't want to like there's so many bad repercussions of eating poorly i think Mm -hmm. right and uh i was listening to this thing about how sugar is actually like one of the worst things 
it's like a poison for your body. And what we are doing right now is we are uh, consuming a lot of, like we're consuming like two or three times the amount of sugar that we should actually be consuming that we consumed like 20 years ago, just because it's been marketed to us a certain way and it's right. packaged goods, it's convenient, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, eating healthy should be more of a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so that's kind of a... No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Although I don't think you are the average American in that regard um, because you are so disciplined. So just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is just relax because Davey, you are, <laughs> you know, you are fit. So, yeah. you know, don't, don't beat yourself up too much about it. Right. Well, you're really fit too. So it's not like we're both like sitting here and like just being like, oh man, eating our Cheetos. <laughs> and, like, oh, it's all angles, Davey. Else, right? You're judging by photos. There, you know, there are some tricks. I mean, you're a spin instructor. You know, if you pop that booty out a little bit, everyone's body looks good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you've done poses where you're like, ha ha. <laughs> Uh-huh, <laughs> oh, I know. Bicep, right? bicep emoji. Bicep emoji, yeah. right? But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, I think that, you know, yes, while we'd like to look great in photos, I think uh, one, one of my friends, uh, she actually told said it in a certain way that uh, was really meaningful. Her, her name's Michaela. She's a professional dancer. She teaches at my studio. And um, she said something really amazing, which is like, it's because she's a professional dancer, it's so great when you're fit because it's so easy to move through life, is what she said, I think. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just really resonated with me because, you know, you're always going to be moving, right? And you only have one body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, treat that body, you know, get the tune up, make sure that it's well taken care of, do the oil change, <clears throat> put like good fuel inside of it. And it'll just move better throughout life right Um, yeah use it or lose it too yeah so anyways uh cool i think we went on a little tangent from what we were anticipated to talk about there (laughs) yeah well i mean you know it's always i think top of mind for the two of us that's right yeah you know like wellness and all that stuff exactly exactly um so yeah let's hmm. i i would say you know off of that tangent of wellness um i think keeping your mind in shape is also a really important thing. I'm not just saying, you know, Sporkle or, you know, trivia. By the way, have you heard of this app, HQ? It's a trivia app that has sort of taken the millennial world by storm. Oh, I heard about it, yeah. And then they got yeah. really mad about uh, one of the personalities not being able to interview. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is not an ad by any means, but this is, you know, in the spirit of an organic, sort of very real conversation. <laughs> right. um, yeah, HQ. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite my referral code to you, Davey. So okay. in case you do decide to sign up, please yeah, use I'll, my referral code. I'll check it out. You'll I'll give me an extra life. Woohoo! <laughs> so they've built that viral loop into the app quite That's well. Right. Um, the, the a trivia app that actually does have money waiting at the end if you make it. But the questions get really, really hard. So and they're probably not, not like a Google search away. No, I mean you only have three, like I think ten seconds, or three seconds to to, to select. Uh, it's something like three seconds or ten seconds, a very short period of time. You wouldn't be able to Google to find out uh, the answer. Cool. So um, anyway, so mindfulness has been kind of top of mind for me, and I know 2018's just um, you know we're in 2018 now, so I have a hard time. Do you have this issue where before going to bed? you have a lot running through your head 
And I really envy um, my boyfriend. He, he is a true empty box. I mean, there are times <laughs> where before his head hits the pillow, like I can already tell he's doing that jolt. You know how people kind of jolt? I think, I think you have to describe to people what an empty box is. Oh, okay. So an empty box is, it's this uh, concept of literally being an empty box. So if someone's an empty box, they're not thinking about anything. Their head is an empty box. So the empty box can sit in a room and just look out at a view and not be thinking about anything. Even the thought, wow, this is beautiful and it's peaceful, isn't even crossing your mind. You're just there. You're just an empty box. And so um, I envy people who really are empty boxes when they want to be. And Mm -hmm. I think for the average person, this would probably be called meditation or um, training. But, um, you know, I was hanging out with uh, my boyfriend's grandparents and they've reached i think this ability to just be empty boxes especially his his grandma's husband and um he says yeah i'm just an empty box like if you're asking what i'm thinking i'm not thinking about anything just an empty box and so my boyfriend can fall asleep as an empty box and be deep breathing and jerking you know in two or three minutes and by jerking i mean um you know that phenomenon like i know i have to really describe what you have to really is, describe okay? this otherwise I have to over describe what i mean by jerking the verb it's not you know jerking is you i, I know, understand like... i understand that you didn't mean that but at the same time i was like uh uh, uh yeah yeah uh so you know it's the phenomenon of you know as you're falling asleep your body will suddenly like do a jerk twitch twitch yeah yeah twitch exactly yeah, yeah, twitching exactly. is a much twitching better is a much word better word yeah um, and, and so I can just tell, sometimes I'll even be talking to him about my day or talking about worries or things that are preventing me from being an empty box and he's already asleep. <laughs> and, um, I envy that so much. Like I don't even get angry with him or, or him or upset because half of the time I'm talking out loud for myself and it's not like I'm asking for him to solve my world's problems. So he's asleep and then I just lay awake twiddling my thumbs, thinking about how to solve the own problems that mm-hmm. I just articulated. I can't be an empty box. So have you ever just, have you ever encountered anything like this? Yeah. So, uh, I would say like a few years back, I was like, uh, I was having a hard time falling asleep, uh, probably because like of the same phenomenon, which is, um, just like, I get very anxious, I think. And like, I think that the anxiety fuels me, but it also like drains me at the same time. And, like, because I think of sometimes, like, the world as, like, this really tangled ball of yarn, and I'm like a kitten, and I can always keep unraveling it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then my brain gets, like, into that mode, and then I try to solve all these things without, like, think thinking kind of two, two things. One, that I can solve it just by myself, which is actually false because every problem like you can always ask other people for help but i always would go into the tunnel of what can i do in this situation and only what can i do um and then two is just that you start thinking about all the possibilities in like a decision tree and then you start getting lost like well if this happens and then i do this and then this and that's like causes more anxiety because then i have to like remember where i am on that decision tree sorry i'm an engineer like that wow Um, and so I would kind of have a hard time falling asleep because I would use that time to solve non-urgent problems that cropped up. Have been sitting in your pipeline. That's exactly correct. And, you know, because only at that time am I not doing something else that I now, my idle brain is wandering towards those other problems. Uh, so I had that for a while. 
um, and it was kind of frustrating. I think, I think it also happens when, um, like, you know, kind of at, you know, my previous job at, at Gusto was when you had to like hire folks, like, oh my gosh, like, will this person accept the offer that I like put in front? Like, well, if I do this or do that, like, will it make a difference? Um, or when you're managing somebody, right? Like this is a problem that somebody on my team has and I really want to solve the problem for them, right? Mm-hmm. And you sit there like, okay, if I do this, this might unblock them, but then it requires this other thing. And, and you start thinking about all these weird chess moves that you had to do. Mm. Um, and it just drains your brain, I think, right? And then you sit there with like even more anxiety because you're like, oh my gosh, like maybe there's a better solution to this thing. Right. Um, so then I got recommended this book. Um, it's called The Miracle of Mindfulness. Um, and it's actually written by a Vietnamese monk, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. And um, I'm Vietnamese. It's I, I've never encountered this book <laughs> before in my life, like as like a Vietnamese kid growing up. But uh, one of uh, one of my friends recommended it to me, and it was really really amazing. Um, so there's two concepts in here uh, that have really helped me out. So uh, the first is a mental framework of thinking about meditation, and then the second is uh, why or how to like actually meditate or an analogy for meditating. So let me walk you through kind of the two things. So um, the, the first piece is that mental model. Like what does it feel like to be meditating? And uh, it's kind of like the empty box, but it's a little bit different in the sense that it's just being present with what you are doing. And I think that a lot of us, think about too much about the future, right? About what Mm -hmm. we can't control. Um, So the way that he describes it, which is amazing, is, well, monks would have dinner and then they would have to like wash the dishes and then they would have tea afterwards and they would enjoy the tea, right? So what would happen is a lot of monks would then like, you know, have dinner. And then when they were washing the dishes, they were thinking about the great time that they would have when they would have tea afterwards. And what that caused was a notion of I'm looking forward to this other thing and I'm not actually washing those dishes very well, right? Like, because I'm thinking about all the tea. So I'm just like lightly scrubbing them and putting them away, whatever. And so the dishes weren't clean because you were just focused on another thing. Right. And the beauty of mindfulness is I'm actually going to be doing this thing rather than like thinking about the next thing. So you'd have dinner. And then you sit there like, I'm going to wash my dishes. And why am I going to wash my dishes? Because it'd be really great to have really clean dishes tomorrow. And then I'm going to have tea. And why am I going to have tea? It's because I really want to enjoy the company of my fellow monks in, in this in this world, mm-hmm. right? And that like unlocked a lot for me. It's like a very simple story. It's like, oh, Davey, that's very obvious. And I'm like, I know, but like I wouldn't think about applying that to my life. Because right. I was always focused on the next thing, right? Like, there's times when, you know, you're in a meeting and then suddenly you're like, I have this interview, this really important interview afterwards where I'm interviewing And you're thinking a about the interview. So I'm thinking about the interview instead of, like, the fucking meeting that I'm in. So then we're going to make a shitty decision because I'm not really here. Right? Right. Um, and so that was just, like, a really cool, like, simple story that everybody can relate to. Um, 
that could be applied to so many things. So many even things on a micro world. scale, a conversation. That's right. Not really listening to the other person because you're worried about what you're going to say. Or the logistics of getting to your next meeting. Right. Right? So you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this meeting going to end? Like, because, like, you know, we have like 15 more minutes and then I have to go to my next meeting and I have to take an Uber across to San Francisco, whatever. Yeah. And, and then you're, you're not, not thinking about the meeting anymore. Your yeah. mind is on how am I going to GT? F-O. <laughs> right? Is all this traffic. It, with all this traffic. And oh my gosh. And it's Salesforce. Day, like, and Salesforce is having a conference. Like, oh my. It's Dreamforce. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> right? And yeah. that just kills your ability to live in the moment. And I think that the empty box is kind of like a really great way of doing that. And, um, but, uh, and that leads me to my second point, which is, so how do you really meditate? And like, what's like the mental framework for meditating? And he gave me the best one for this um, in, in his book, which is uh, imagine like there is a rushing river, like a, a river that's like flowing really rapidly. And um, imagine, and that river like symbolizes your thoughts, right? And it's rushing by. Now imagine you are a rock that has been placed at the surface of this rushing river and you are slowly descending to the f you know the the sandy bottom of this river and to meditate effectively is you are the rock and you're slowly sinking in this river as all these thoughts float by just like little fish right mm -hmm. and if you sit there and you're like oh look that's something cool that I have to do. Interesting, but I'm not going to do it right now. Oh. oh, that's so hard. That's the hardest that's part. so <laughs> cool that like this, right? But that's like the right way to meditate, right? Like you're going to have all these thoughts. You can't just blank out your brain. Like I think that's like weird. But what you can do is just sit there and observe all the thoughts as they float on by. Because like, and you just dedicate like this X number of minutes to doing this thing right? Um, it's really great. I think a lot of uh, high performing folks do this in the morning, right? You wake up and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's all this stuff that I have to do. And then you look at all of them floating by. And you sit there and you just put a timer for like five, 10 minutes, right? And you just commit to doing nothing for five, 10 minutes. And then you can eventually easily prioritize what the most important ones are, right? What are the most colorful fish, right? That have floated right. by. And those are the important ones that you should do. You don't care about all the little fish, right? Um, and that's like the really interesting way of meditating that I like that's worked for me. But I would go to bed like I used to go to bed with like super high anxiety. Oh my gosh, I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, there's so many things. Like I can't believe I can't do them all. <laughs> right, right, and then you that, that anxiety prevents you from going to bed earlier or falling asleep earlier, which that's right. further increases the anxiety. That's right. <laughs> but it's just almost like the commitment to do nothing right now and that there's nothing you can do. And I think that's like the key part right before you go to bed is pretty much like, you know what? There's all the shit that's going on in my life, in the world and whatever. I'm already here in bed. There's nothing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing I could do. I'm just going to lay here. Fuck it. Right? Yeah. yeah Tomorrow's I, another I, day. <laughs> my, my boyfriend always says... Like one way that he really can focus on being in the present is that, you know, you're, it's your one opportunity every 
24 hours to really just not do all the other things that you've done in your day, which yeah. sounds very obvious, but it's yep. helped me a couple times just savor the feeling of my head in a pillow, savor the feeling of lying down because our days are so active that, right. you know, in the morning we're going to have to say goodbye for a full day before we can finally come back. Right. And a lot could happen in that day. So just savor being asleep because, or savor the opportunity to lie down because it's, it's going to be fleeting. That's so that right. helps a little bit. That's right. And then you're like, yeah, tomorrow's another day. I got all sorts of problems, but right now, fuck it. The sleep ain't one. There's nothing <laughs> I can do. No, there's just nothing I can do about it right now. Like there, like there kind of is if I really wanted to wake up and like hack away at my computer and do whatever, but I've already made a commitment to go to bed, right? So, yeah. like yeah, it's tomorrow's problem. But uh, there are some days, and I, I'm always amazed by people, why people don't do more staycations. Um, because I think that like going and traveling somewhere else is actually really distracting because you're like oh my gosh i'm in a new place and i must do all these things right um and the better thing to do is just to like just stay in sf but just don't do anything <laughs> right like just yeah like... that's an option but everyone's different like i think some people are are very much uh vacation modes motors like they turn into vacationers when they travel yeah and others are adventurers when they travel and yeah. you and I are adventurers. Adventurers. I was like, for sure. Say, I was like, yeah, we're yeah, definitely. Yeah, you and I are adventurers. Like, if we're going to, you know, spend the time and the energy and the resources to go out somewhere, like, we want to see and be with the locals and experience something new. But there is a fair swath of people who, the moment they travel somewhere, they want to be by the pool. They're like, they're getting away from something. Right, they're right. truly, you know, they're escaping. And, and that is, you know, that's also um, a valid reason to travel as well. It's just not really our cup of tea. Us, yeah, I wish I could us. do that, but there's just no way. So I actually forced myself to do staycations in SF, right? Like right now, you know, I'm back in SF and oh my God, it's amazing. There's like not that many people here. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, what's the city like right now? What's the vibe? Uh, it's cold. It's empty. Everybody's just like, the people Quiet. who are here are like, I have to go to work. <laughs> oh. Uh, and for me, it's just more like, I, I just... I don't have to wait in line for stuff that normally I would have to wait in line for. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool when, like, your city becomes, like, a little bit of a ghost town, right? Um, yeah. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I like people. Like, I don't want, like, SF to just turn into, like, you know, like, you know, some zombie apocalypse where, like, I don't meet people. But, like, at the same time, there's just something calming about it being familiar yet empty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice thing. It doesn't happen in San Francisco that often. It seems like every weekend there's a lot going on, whether it's um, Folsom Street Fair or Beta Breakers, some parade, or, Beta yeah. Breakers. SantaCon. SantaCon. Oh, my, oh, my goodness. Oh, SantaCon. SantaCon stresses me out. It's like <laughs> the, the funny thing I would say about SantaCon is it's probably the best day to break into a bank dressed like Santa Claus. <laughs> right, because there's like a very so facetious, many of you. In like a very facetious around. thing. It's just like, oh my God, there's so many people dressed like Santa. I have no idea how you'd figure out which Santa Claus is like the... The offender. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, enjoy your time out there in Florida. And uh, Thank we'll you. start chatting on our next episode soon. Can't wait. Yep.
See you, Crystal. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.